You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. We're going to drink a fine whiskey and smoke a really fine cigar. There it is. It is time for happy hour. It is the Man Cave Happy Hour. Whiskey, cigars, spirits, the stories that go along with it. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen and everyone else. I am Matt Fox. And we are on Tuesday, and it's Tasting Tuesday, as we do uh, and have been doing for some time now. The Tasting Tuesdays, Tuesday with Joe Lewis Bourbon. Uh, Michael is on location. What is your favorite part of the week, Jamie? Oh, the Tuesday. I don't, Monday is just stretching for, for what <laughs> happens on Tuesday. It's... Uh, it's the way we get started. Uh, we got bourbon. Yeah. Oh, Gary, you can keep that up. No worries. That's <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to oh, be, you know. No, no. I guess I didn't, get my, I, didn't get, I didn't get my Joe Lewis care package that's uh, it. for no. preparation. For we this. have all kinds of guests. We're getting closer and closer. Today. Um, Michael is down in Atlanta, and uh, he's connected with some mm-hmm. bartenders. He's, uh, he's getting some yes. social distancing going on. Michael, who do we have on our bartending crew, and where are you at? So I, Well, first of all, I am here at Establishment, which is in Midtown Atlanta, and it is a bar that has a really big outdoor patio, and they've opened up for takeout only. It's really it's one of the best bourbon bars in the city. And inside behind the bar, we're going to go and say hello to Tom McGuire, but I just wanted to show you the front how they're doing it. So if you walk down here, you'd be greeted by a bunch of signs that say, hey, y'all, stay safe. Mm. The menus are here. Okay. Right? And then you can step right up and like, take your order. The menus are in plastic. And then if you want, you can put socially distancing over there. Oh. So it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, they've got all the wines on the slate and the full cocktail menu. And then we come inside, which normally at this time would be absolutely packed Mm-hmm. people is well, now uh just me and tom yeah well then tom mcguire's over here oh he's oh thank you sir very welcome that's good you know do the right thing yeah and yeah so you keep that social distancing going and it's getting things reopened again and that's what we wanted to talk about and try to figure out um today and we brought in our friend gary graff he's an entertainment writer <clears throat> Uh, entertainment writer with the uh, Oakland Press here in Metro Detroit area, and he also, you know, Billboard magazine, Rolling Stone, and about a uh, hundred other magazines. You would go, holy crap, really? And yes, really. Uh, so Gary Graff, entertainment writer. We want to talk to Gary. Uh, we're going to get to that about uh, venues reopening. Um, Joe Louis Bourbon uh, is very involved with the Golden Gloves, um, and there were many great events lined up. Uh, earlier in April and here in May uh, that are not happening. And so we're curious uh, how venues are going to open up and venues um, like the one that you're at there with Tom McGuire. And uh, we got Bob and Jason on the line as well. Bob is uh, newly retired from that establishment. Yes, sir. Uh, (laughs) And Jason uh, is one of the troubadours behind the bar uh, as well. And with us, too, is uh, Charles Avison. He's the author. It's like too many authors. It's like whiskey and writers. It's two of my favorite things on the planet. Charles Avison, uh, author of uh, Detroit City of Champions. So talking about Joe Lewis, you were talking about the City of Champions. And so we love having Charles with us, um, bringing in that rich, rich, rich history. but first up, 
we were gonna talk to Tom behind the bar. Tom, you were gonna you were gonna pour us a little something something and talk a little bit about the bourbon. Um, you finally got your mitts on a bottle. Yeah, I got a few cocktails lined up for you guys. You got your mitts um, on it. It's very again, I'll welcome you all to it. I'm sorry. Uh, you finally got your hands on a bottle, and it's it's a very oh, cor- yeah. it's a very corn. What are you gonna do with it? What did you get out of the bottle? And then what what did that go? Hey, I'm gonna try this with this. Well, sure. So for me, uh, having tasted the juice, it's very good stuff. Uh, there's some nice green notes to it. It's still got a really sweet finish. Just a touch of like that, that kind of like barley coming through at the end. It's a really light. Uh, and for me, like one of the true tests of any spirit is how well it holds up in the classics. So I figured I'd give you guys one of our signature house cocktails and then a couple other classics that I think are perfect for at least down here in Georgia today. I'm really hot. May Day, so a couple of refreshing drinks, a couple of which Bob will know quite well, considering he and I are longtime drink slingers back in uh, the Prohibition days, if we can go back that far. <laughs> you don't look Saturday that old. where we met Mr. Short, along That's with right. his compadre, Walsh. I do. That's right. We were, we were very dangerous back then. That wasn't the original Prohibition days. We're not that old. This is a place in Atlanta called Prohibition. I am. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> I time-traveled, man. Speak for yourself. <laughs> So yeah, we'll start up, kick off with a few of these drinks then, um, and we'll just get right at it. And while you're doing so, that, you had, while you're doing that, you had mentioned you know it's got a sweeter flavor. You had a sweeter feel to it. Do you think that's because you said the barley was coming through, but the sweeter uh, feel was that because of the yeah? Corn? Most of that sweetness actually comes from the corn. Yeah. Uh, it's that barley that imparts those kind of like greener notes yeah. to it, and really like barley for for most bourbon production is the catalyst. Mm. Um, there's no way to snip uh, the carbohydrate chains without using either a natural enzyme or some kind of artificial chemical. Uh, so what most spirit producers use is they use malted barley to activate that to get those carbohydrates broken down so the yeast can start eating them as sugar and make some some lovely, lovely alcohol for us. So Fair enough. I can't wait to see what you got there. All right. Cool beans. Well, uh, so make a signature one for you here for us. This is our... Uh, household fashion, uh, we, on a normal week, back in, you know, more normal times, we would sell entirely too many of these. Um, <laughs> so we're going to start off first by adding some bitters. We do a house bitters blend, um, but you can use really whatever you like. Um, ours is a, a blend of Angostura uh, and Reagan's Orange, which I think really makes a really lovely base for an old-fashioned, mm-hmm. but... Again, there's no right or wrong. Use what you like. Um, when it comes to sweetening agents, you really got a ton of options. Um, most of them, you know, most traditionally sh- sugar cubes. Uh, we use a Demerara syrup base um, that we've infused with orange and lemon Ooh. and a touch of vanilla. Honestly, now, do, you, do, you, do you cook um, that down? Do you, how do you gonna use a teaspoon of that? Yeah. Very, very concentrated. Really doesn't need a whole lot more else. Is that cooked down with a? Uh... Yeah, it's okay. it's about three parts demerara sugar to about one part water, and then fortified with a little bit of uh, mellow corn whiskey in oh. order to keep it from crystallizing on you because it's it's really heavy duty. Gotcha. Um, but a traditional one to one simple syrup works wonderfully, uh, and if you like muddling sugar cubes, by all means, do that too. Mm. Um, the old fashioned is. The name really doesn't even do it justice to how old school it is. Um, I I love the history behind this drink, and very few people do know it. 
Um, it's essentially this drink was created not as the old fashioned. Uh, the first dating recipe was originally just a whiskey cocktail. Uh, very few people when they think about cocktails think about what that word actually means. And it refers to a specific blend of a base spirit, uh, brandy, rum, whiskey, gin, vodka, tequila, a sweetening agent, and bitters, and then along with water or ice. Uh, that is strictly speaking what makes a cocktail. So when this recipe was first published right around 1814, it was just called a whiskey cocktail. Uh, and as the 19th century went on um, and the art of bartending really started to get going, guys like Jerry Thomas literally writing the first book, uh, and then Harry Johnson right at the turn of the century writing one of my favorites and Bob's bar books, yeah. they started calling it a whiskey cocktail in the old-fashioned style. And then by the time you hit the 20s in Prohibition, it's just an old-fashioned. Hmm. So... We've got that. We've got our sweetening agent. We've got our bitters. We've got our two ounces of Joe Louis bourbon. We're going to add some ice and stir it all down. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm just really missing being at the bar with you doing this. Yeah. Right so now. a stir, a stir <laughs> over a shake. What is the, the 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 preferential over a stir over a shake? Oh, when to stir, when to shake? Yeah. I mean, it really, the hard and fast rule on that is if it has juice, you shake it. If it doesn't, you stir it. Uh, but realistically, it, it really comes down to a case-by-case basis. Um, you stir when you want to control dilution, essentially. When you don't want to drink to get too watered down. Um, and you shake when you really want to get it cold and really kind of smooth. Got it. <clears throat> That's one hell of a spoon and there. That's looking pretty recession. That is. I've got some big hunking cubes here to serve it up on, too. I know Bob's cut a million of these by hand along with his hands. Nothing like big ice. Yeah, with heavy equipment. No, right? <laughs> with this machete. I'm faking it today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to just strain this out over a big rock. And then express a lemon peel and an orange peel across the top. So you, a lot of folks will smoke it or what have you. You just like going old, old traditional and yeah. lemon peel it is, right? Go, friends. Enjoy. Gorgeous. And there you go. A handmade cocktail. Beautiful. Cheers. Oh, you know what? The lemon and the orange right up the top. Ooh, that's good, Joe. Ha ha! Joe. I like it. We need to come up with a name for this. Would this be the uh, Southern Joe? No, the Old Old Joe. The uh, Joe Man. Uh, well, actually, we do have one that we call the Madison Square. <coughs> uh, Joe's Madison Square Manhattan. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, because fights were Madison Square Garden. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I try, I'm trying to think. We need to have like something from New York. I like the Brown Bomber myself. Oh, well, you, okay. Do you want to know a little bit about the Brown Bomber? Because that's part of this plan. Is that one of the next? Uh, well, won't be the next. Because the next is going to be Rye. But following the Rye, uh, there's going to be a Brown Bomber, and we already know what it is. It is going to have a um, uh, an organic maple. Uh, 
mixed with this with the same bourbon. Uh, and it really is, we tasted it, and it's really awesome. But it's also going to be extra aged and extra dark. So it's going to be very dark, almost like a dark drum hmm. uh, with the maple flavor. Not, not too much of maple flavor, just enough to give it a, you know, a little bit of a So it's going to be kind of like a rock and rye, essentially? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So that's probably not until the uh, end of 2021. Is there a, yes. Charles, right, so, is, uh, is there an origin, origination on the, the, the nickname, the Brown Bomber? Do you know of anything on that, Charles, where that nickname uh, derived from? Uh, I mean, just kind of, you know, just the evolution of it. Um, just, I mean, it was like an evolution, you know, like, I mean, it's just the, you know, lightning fist type thing. I mean, it's just seemed to kind of go hand in hand with that Brown, you know, the Brown Bomber yeah. concept. I didn't know if that I mean, tied it, was, it wasn't uh, like something, he wasn't. I do know that it wasn't something that the right off the beginning he wasn't called that. It was like I believe it was it was it was at the tail end of 1935, 36 when he was already like really you know exploding onto the international scene. That the more that that phrase got started getting kicked around, the more that it became like the official, um, you know, like the main thing, right? Because there was there was other he had other you know he had other names too. It was uh, just I mean there was a I mean there was a bunch of different stuff that they called him but that it just kind of evolved once like once that name hit it you know, like stuck yeah you know, i mean it, just, it was like that one just kind of stuck you know what i mean it would, it just be like, would it be like because of the era because we were at war at that time too i yeah. mean would it be like that would that kind of tie into that as well you think yeah i mean i mean like there was other names like the dark destroyer stuff like you know like there was you'd have other stuff too i mean there was um you know, there was just different names but that one really just evolved like once that one hit it was just so perfect it just you know, just kind of like anything. It just was like an evolution thing. Yeah, I didn't know if it tied it into his military history or not. You know, if it was his military history, if it tied into that or not. No, I, it was he. He was that was that name was locked in um, before you know before he was into World War Two. Right, right. But um, you know, I will show you. I will show you something really cool. If you give me just one second, I'll show you something really cool here. Absolutely, Thanks, Michael. Char- Charles always—he's just has some amazing memorabilia. He always has something, uh, and just <laughs> always the best stories, just lurking about. Uh, it's just I love, <laughs> I love, I love that he just walked away. Dude. While we're but, waiting for that, can yeah, I just show you something? Sure. Yeah. Check out that. Oh, look at that! There's a nice selection of bourbons. So this right here, I'll show you this. This is really cool. All right, Charles. Um, so this is a, this is a nineteen. So this is a 1937 Ring magazine. It's Ooh. one of my favorite covers. Yeah. I actually was. I just took it off my wall because it was actually in a, in a frame. But uh, so this is a 1937 Ring magazine, and then so you'll notice right down here, that says the Brown Bomber. Like it's in reverse, of course, oh, on the okay. screen, but it says the Brown Bomber right there. Yeah, yeah. You see, I was dropping a bomb, and then look. But the cool thing is, look at that airplane. It's a World War II. Um. You know, it's a B fifty two. Yeah, well, it's a World War plane. You know, World War two style airplane. It actually says, if you look close on it, it, actually says the Brown Bomber right on the airplane too. <laughs> so you can see by nineteen thirty seven, it was a pretty well established um, nickname for him. Yeah. But this, uh, yeah, this uh, this is a classic. Like I've this, I've done a lot with that cover. A- Freshened it up, restored it. Wow. I just love this issue. When I got a chance, I, I've seen I'd seen the cover on the internet quite a few times. But when I actually it's saw the chance to buy this, yes, it's not every time. Every time Bob puts the Joe Lewis bourbon up to the camera, I think I'm gonna get punched. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just, 
I, I try to duck out. He just he brings it up there. And I'm, all right, but uh, so we were talking about talking about boxing and talking about the uh, the Golden Gloves. Uh, Joe Lewis, uh, we'll get we'll do uh, we'll have Tom do another cocktail for us in, in a minute. But uh, you, Michael, you have to drink that one down first, and then he can make you another one, right? Um, but Joe Lewis <laughs> Bourbon, you guys are sponsoring uh, the Golden Gloves in a, in a lot of the Golden Glove events. You're tied into that. That was where the official first release was going to take place, right? Well, yeah. So, uh, and by the way, I just want to uh, introduce uh, the fact that I just popped up that Facebook Live is now possible. So we are now streaming hey, on oh, Joe Lewis Bourbon page uh, while we continue this year. Um, but let me, yeah. So what was supposed to happen is that, well, it will happen at some point, is that the launch plan for this was all tied to the markets where there were going to be state championships in 2020 uh, for Golden Gloves and also the Nationals. The national championships were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, scheduled to be in May, uh, and none of that happened. Right. So we were already in midst of launching uh, in Michigan, and in fact, we were supposed to preview the launch on your show on April 14th, a soft event at the Detroit Shipping Company, and then later that week on uh, Friday and Saturday, there was going to be a simultaneous two-venue uh, launch at uh, the... Um, Delta Plex in, in uh, Grand Rapids and also at Burt's Place uh, in uh, Metro Detroit for the two, there, were, there are two simultaneous Golden Gloves events in state. Mm. Uh, none of those happened. So as you may recall, those of you who are loyal followers, we started doing these about a week before that uh, and we've continued ever since. But our second um, market was to be Las Vegas. right? And Joe Lewis Bourbon was, was um, about to be placed in all of Caesars Palace. Uh, right. It was also simultaneous to uh, the, the largest uh, conference of the year for the industry, the WSWA, which was going to be at Caesars Palace. And as a result of the relationship that Joe Lewis Distilling has forged with USA Boxing, that is the parent organization of Golden Gloves, but USA Boxing oversees all amateur boxing, including the Olympics and Team USA. Oh, wow. They were going to bring all the Olympic uh, uh, boxers to Caesars Palace for an exhibition. So we would have gotten, Joe Lewis would have gotten attention all over the place. Yeah. Um, and uh, all of that's out the window. <laughs> Las right. Vegas is still closed. Uh, we're waiting for rescheduled events. But I'm going to share one of the things with you. Um, today, I received the sales report from Michigan. Oh. And Joe Lewis Bourbon is three and a half weeks after being launched in the mid of a COVID pandemic. Please. Uh, it is in 439 stores in Michigan. Oh, wow. Uh, has sold 275 cases, which was what our projections were that we would sell in the first two months with all of those events. And those events haven't happened. And we are, so we are ahead of the sales forecast. And now they're scrambling to get more product into Michigan even before we get to the next thing. So thank you, Michigan. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah, great. Cool. Yeah. That's good. And name. because of, I like to think it's because of what we're doing, but I don't know if we can yeah, yeah, that much credit for it. I'm, gonna, I'm going to agree with you okay. on that. How about that? That is, that is the man cave bump is what that is. That is for sure. But, uh, but so yeah, talk about that. It's right, right, here. It's right here. The man cave bump is right here. <laughs> All the golden glove events. They're not, they're not, uh, they're your, your involvement with them. Uh, are only postponed as long as the events are postponed. So if the events are canceled, you know, you'll jump on the next set of events or if these moved dates. But Gary, yeah. Gary. So the question is whether it's 
this year or next year. So, yeah, we brought our friend Gary Graff in. Uh, Gary's an entertainment writer with, the like I mentioned earlier, the Oakland, the Oakland Press here in Metro Detroit and just Rolling Stone Billboard and just everywhere, everywhere. Uh, enjoying some whiskey with us on a, on a Tuesday. Gary, thanks, thanks for being here. Gary, uh, apparently... Oh, we, oh, it's Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks. That's yeah, welcome it, to the man cave, Gary. If it wasn't, thank you. With if it wasn't yeah. Tasty oh, Tuesdays, I would have no idea whatsoever. So apparently uh, <laughs> it was like a little Thanos snap of the fingers and uh, all of a sudden sports and entertainment and concerts are gone. Um, no kidding, right? Are they, are they ever coming back? They're, they're coming back, but you know, the short answer, and we, we are going to talk for a long time about this. The short answer is we don't know when, we don't know how, and we don't know what they're going to look like. Now, does that keep any of us from talking out, out of our butts about <laughs> how it's going to happen? Of course not, because no. everybody has ideas. Every, everybody has a little bit of insight, you know, into what's going to happen. The problem, the problem, guys, is we don't know. First of all, we don't know when the all clear is going to sound and even when the all clear sounds what it's going to look like. I mean, is that fabulous bar down there in Atlanta going to be able to, you know, to have a hundred people, 200 people, I don't know what the capacity is and concert venues, sporting, you know, sporting arenas and stadiums are going to face the same thing. Are, are there going to be capacity limits? What is the admission drill going to be? Are they going to take your temperature? You know, are they going, are you going to have to produce papers or some sort of go through some sort of health check before you can get in? I mean, it's all of this is being discussed. There are no, there are no firm answers yet. The conventional wisdom is that the audience will probably not come back in full force until there's a vaccine. And of course, we don't know when that is. And even when there's a vaccine, people are still going to be a a little skittish. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you know, people are going to be skittish. Also, are they going to have money to go to these places mm. after what's going on now? And th- these are all the variables we just don't know the answers to. You know, that was a question I was going to have for you, Gary. As a consumer, you know, going to sports, you know, you know, events, what have you, the, the prices, you know, with less people possibly going, will ticket prices go up? Oh my so God. they can continue to operate. It's already $4,000 to see the Rolling Stones. I mean, right. come on. <laughs> How much higher, or do, how much or do they go they down go? or yeah, or do they go down as an incentive to get people back in the door? Now, right. right. The role, the Rolling Stones, people are still going to want to see, you know, whenever they come back, but the, the basic amphitheater summer show, you know, that band, the those bands that come around mm-hmm. every summer, maybe in some cases twice a year, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not so much, maybe you're not willing to risk your life or the, or pre- risk your perceived life. Is anybody perceived. testing Keith Richards to see if he has the antibodies for a you know, cure for this? He, he has antibodies for everything. <laughs> I mean, have, have you seen that great meme that's out there with the four Rolling Stones, the other three are wearing masks, and Keith is Keith is just out there with his with his big smile. <laughs> I have not seen that. That's great. <laughs> it's a good it's a good meme. You know, what? I'll go see Hollow Notes anytime. I, I really would. <laughs> okay, all right. I bet it's it's going to be very interesting to see what people are willing to go see again, and and aren't going to you know aren't going to be as willing to see. It's you know, yeah. and and so so much does depend on on the health issues, whether people think it's in control or not, because that's what's going to allow the municipalities to let these buildings be open again, regardless of the size. And then figure out, then figure out the rules, you know, and then I think 
we are definitely looking at capacity limits. And then the venues themselves have to have to make a determination about whether they can make it work or not. Now, obviously, a bar or, you know, a bar can, you know, 100 people, 200 people, whatever, you know, 50% capacity. If they're drinking, it still works. A restaurant, you know, has different kind of challenges. Mm-hmm. A theater, you know, like the Fisher Theater up here in Detroit, mm-hmm. they make their they make their money on the last 300 tickets they sell mm. for a sellout. So if they have to cut their capacity in half, it may not be worth that worth it to them to even open. And you're going to get the same the same type of situation at right. whether it's a Fox Theater in Detroit or Atlanta, you know, which are both around 5,000 seats or the big arenas, the sheds, you know, the, the stadiums, of course, a lot of decisions are going to have to be made. And then, and then it's what happens in the food chain. Will the bands, will, are the bands, will the performers willing to make less in order for the perform the promoters to charge less in order for people to afford it and then come to the show. Man. And these are, these are the things we don't know yet. Yeah. So it's a lot man. to hash out. It's a lot to take in and try to kind of think about as to, you know, you know, I, I as I love going out. I love being at the concerts. Love going to events. You know, spending time with friends and the, the, this these types of thoughts that you have that we're going through is just a, it's somewhat disheartening. I'm not going to lie to you, Gary. It's somewhat disheartening, oh, yeah. but I but I get it and I understand it. Do I like it? Absolutely not. But it's 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 there for a reason. We don't know what we don't know. But we're yeah. going to work through it. We're going to get there. And we're going to get Joe Lewis Bourbon back in, in, in Detroit. We're going to launch them. We're going to get back into the Fisher and the Fox and Detroit Shipping Company. It's going to happen. We have to be patient. I guess that's the bottom line. You have no choice. Yeah, you have no choice but to be patient. And like I say, it's incredibly complex. I talk to a lot of these venue operators and promoters. You know, they're rescheduling shows, knowing that they may have to reschedule the rescheduled date. I think the I think the smartest and you know this talk about this heartening, you know I think the smartest uh, the smartest plan for any any touring artist right now is to call 2020 a wash and start looking at 2021 and possibly late into 2021. That's, that's, that, that's, that's a very a so, that's a very sobering reality, and we all need a drink when you think. Oh, about yeah. that. And it's, a, and it's a fair assessment at the same time. So can no, I ask a, real- a question? Can I ask oh. Gary a question? Yeah. So Gary, did you see when I did my little walk around here earlier? Yeah. You see what they're doing? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, I don't think anything's perfect, but they've kind of like you can see everyone's set apart. Um, I don't know. Well, it's like you, of- like you said in your introduction, that place is so well situ- you know, is so well set up for people to, you know, for people to to still gather, but you know, follow the rules and do do what's smart and right. Not every not every place is like that. Certainly, concert venues are not necessarily like that. And and we have to depend on people following the rules. And Lord knows, here in Michigan, we've seen evidence that there are a substantial number of people who seem not ready to do that. And that that creates a you know it creates a dangerous situation. And that's going to affect whether people want to go out to any of these places. I mean, I think where you are, like I said, it's so well set up and it's so airy and there's, there's that big outdoor space. So that's, I can see feeling, you know, very safe uh, going there. There are, there are other places that you won't feel as safe about. Yeah. And cer- certainly I'm the if only you're one allowed inside here with Tom. 
Nobody, everyone else will accept it. It's good. It's good to be a bourbon maker sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Actually, I can't imagine when it's bad to be a bourbon maker. Yeah, really, uh, all you have to do is walk in with a t-shirt like that. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Actually, so, I had to walk with the bottle to make it really yeah. Oh, that's all. That, is, that helps, too. <laughs> the password is antibody. <laughs> the password is booze. Uh, so, Tom, Tom, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, you know, the reality is that this is, I hate to say it, this is more of a community service than a profit uh, motivation right now. Right? Um, I mean, a lot of it for us, though, is we don't, we wanted, we had all this outdoor space to work. So we wanted to try and we really had to pivot our model to focus on that. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and, you know, and tell you we're making money hand over fist. Um, well, all I know is as a, patron, the lights on. as a patron, if I were here on a normal night, I would have maybe 30 seconds of your attention. A little bit less, yeah. Just a little bit less, particularly <laughs> during happy hour. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely tricky, but we're really trying to do our best to keep things going. Um, you know, we, we have a, a large amount of staff who we really miss dearly. We really want to get back here. And um, we knew we had to keep things going as best we could and as responsibly as we could so they have a place to come back to work, you know. Um, it's, it's, that's one of the things that you don't see uh, is the faces of the people that are, that are affected by this, like, directly. Like, it's... It's a real tough thing, you know, me and, me and my immediate boss having to call out our staff and tell them, hey, you guys need to file for unemployment. Shit, I never thought yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Um, you know, like with, uh, you know, not because of the, the business, not because bad operations. It's completely beyond our control. Well, and you know what? And they're better off some, as long as it lasts. It's not going to last. That's the thing. To get the, uh, you know, the unemployment, the 600 bonus. I mean, a lot of folks in this space are, you know, and making, doing better now, right. but that's not going to last. So that's 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 just a temporary. You know what happens in in July and August? Great. Right. You know that's that's really where the issue comes in. I actually have a question for Bob. We just wanted to keep things, you know, keep it keep it as tight as we can until when things get a little bit closer to normal, or we know what new normal is. Uh, as it stands, I mean, it's a day by day thing for us. It's really the only way to operate. We really don't know what we're going to walk into tomorrow. So we didn't know what I was coming into today. Yeah. yeah, I have a question for Bob. You know, Bob, you, you spent your time as a bartender 40-plus years, correct? Yes, yes sir. And, and, you know, what would you compare today to back then? Did you ever see something like this as to where people were out of jobs in the bar industry? And Well, I'm sure you did, but can, can you help these guys, give them some advice as to what they need to do to make No, there's nothing. There's never been anything like that. I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> I mean, the plague the when those locusts you know? came through. When what the, was that like? When the frogs and everything were falling <laughs> from the sky, people were drinking like crazy. It was great when for were, business. When you were eating dirt, let, let's just go. <laughs> right? Moses, Moses still owes me four bits for a tip. Okay, <laughs> but. One thing I just one thing I just thought of that's really fun out of this. Now, now Tom will get this because he's been with me at Prohibition and, and a lot of different bars we've been together. And, and we just wouldn't it be nice if we could keep it to okay, we got ten guys going to come in now, and they're and you're going to show off for them, and then they're they're going to move along because we're always having a hard time with stop the door. Why are you letting forty people in? Mm-hmm. This could be a nice thing for 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 show bartenders to to say let a certain amount of people come in, 
but the main thing that's i'm just i'm a jokester you know me mm-hmm. but the main thing is is i think it's really just goodwill for us to be with our friends um i've been on a, a couple of zoom things with katie klopman who used to work in uh east andrews which was part of the whole prohibition thing and she she's she works in an english pub churchills and she just gets everybody together and we all talk about how do we set up unemployment how do we set up this what are we doing to get through oh let's do a shot i'm usually toast by the end of it but i'm usually toast <laughs> So it's another, it's a normal day. (laughs) I just think it's weird, man. It's weird, but it's great that people can get together. And I I think if, I think if we could set up some kind of a thing, just, just get on and and say here, boom, tip your guys. If you want to tip them virtually, or if, if you can't, and you're not that, that savvy, wait until it's time, save your pennies up. I'll drink with you on the phone for, for free. (laughs) And then come back in and visit my friends when it's done, you know? You know, just, we, we've mentioned it here before, you know, there, there's a website called go tip them and yes. um, you know, you can actually register as a bartender, register there all or 50 as a server register in all 50 States. You go and register and your bartender, you can go and tip that every time you pour yourself a drink at home, you know what, throw your bartender a couple of bucks because that's what they, that's what they live on are those tips. So go tip them dot, uh, dot com. Uh, good friend of the man cave happy hour, Nick, you know, he put all that together and it's across the entire, entire country. So, you know, as you said, you have a drink with your bartender, whether it be virtually and throw him a couple of bucks. All right. Speaking of bartenders, Tom, uh, yeah. you did us a, did us an old fashioned, uh, what's next up your sleeve? What do you got another? Uh, so what do you like to, yeah, do? Man. What do you like to do with whiskey? Sure. So this is one of my favorite old school whiskey cocktails. Being Joe Lewis bourbon seems perfectly appropriate, and it's a, a wonderful summertime cocktail. Uh, the classic whiskey smash. Really simple, really easy ingredients. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll just bang one of those out for you guys really quick. Uh, Mr. Shore, I do need to get a 10 from it. Thank you kindly. Yeah, They're yeah. excellent tripods. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. So... Uh, there's a whole family of drinks called smashes, and they all have, you know, fairly kind of similar proportions. Um, you can make this with gin. You can make this with brandy. Um, I, I really like doing it with bourbon. I think that works out pretty well. Uh, so, do you have any Joe Lewis bourbon? I think oh. I do. Goodness <laughs> gracious! So, How did that happen? Let's let's uh, let's smash this all up. So we're going to get two ounces of Joe Lewis bourbon in there, and. We're going to follow that up with a little bit of fresh-squeezed lemon juice, three-quarters of an ounce. That is 100% pure lemon juice. And then juice I have a mint syrup that I've made up. You can use a regular simple syrup as well because we're going to throw fresh mint in with this. Anywho. So get yourself some nice green mint, fresh mint. Mm. And literally just throw that in the shaker. Um, you don't need to muddle. We don't need anything fancy. The ice, the action of the ice in that tin is going to break all this mint up for us. So as long as you shake it hard and fast, it's really no work at all. And again, he taught us earlier, Matt, right? We're learning something today. If there's juice in it, that's when you want to shake it. Yeah. Look at us learning stuff. You're you're learning. I'm watching and learning. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's the thing about the man cave happy hour, Jamie. You you came to me two uh two years, two years and a few months back, and yep. you're like, Hey, I got this idea. I want to learn. And here we are two years later sitting with all the sitting here with all these wonderful gentlemen Amazing talking experts. about bourbon and learning, you know, from a bartender in Atlanta. Never in my wildest dreams that I think would be doing that doing this oh, at yeah. this point in time and, and maintaining and, and just you know thank you you know and you've always been one of my best friends oh. and i really appreciate everything that you do but gentlemen if Some. you don't know jamie you get to know you got to know this guy somebody <laughs> needs a hug <laughs> yeah so oh, kind of, getting kind of lonely over here man same time. all right so Tom, this is so. after only this is after only one drink <laughs> so we're taking that mixture that we've shaken up really good, and then we strain it over some crushed ice. Now, nice. crushed ice for the home bartender can be tricky. Like, you know, you have to break it all up, smash it all up, except for you don't. There is a very common uh, fast food chain with drive-in locations all across America that will sell Sonic. you bags of crushed ice. I didn't say it. You did. Um, <laughs> but, yes, they have great they ice. Me. It's dirt cheap. And so don't even bother smashing it. Just go pick up a bag. It'll like an eight pound bag. I'll run you like a buck 60. Like you just kind of can't beat it. Um, You can make three drinks with an eight pound bag. It's great. I like the way Bob. Bob. (laughs) One guy told me a long time ago when I first. Fresh mint and then a lemon wheel. Just to make it pretty. Bob, what were you going to say? A guy told me way up when I was young starting out, he's like, Told me two things. It's a good way to lose an arm. I'm not done with that drink. And the other one was, you know, the best way to do, start off for a really good martini is 500 pounds of crushed ice. <laughs> Only? I agree. 500 pounds? That's gorgeous. 500 pounds. 500 pounds. I don't do metric. Sorry. So I, uh, guess I, what? I had some. I'm, on to, I'm having another drink here. Excellent. I had some uh, Elijah Craig in my glass earlier today. I was doing a, a little whiskey. Went with the uh, Elijah Craig. Matt Fox, where were you at with uh, your whiskey sample today? Yeah, yesterday I sampled uh, Four Roses. Today, tonight, yeah, tonight I'm going uh, Buffalo Trace. Right on. All right, Can so I, Gary, I, I know I saw you bit. had a bottle in front of you. What uh, Buffalo Trace? <laughs> yeah. Well, as the as the beard and hair would indicate, I'm very old school. Uh, so I've got I've got a bottle I've got a bottle bottle of Makers with me, and there's a there's a his and I'm drinking it. But there's a there's the history to it is when I was in in college, I dated a woman from Louisville, hmm. and I was I was taught about bourbon by her father, and even even got to go to the Makers Distillery. So. Nice. So that that instead instilled a certain loyalty. Not that I'm not going to be picking up some Joe Lewis, unless it happens to appear at my door at some point. But uh, <laughs> the address can be provided after the show. But, uh, you know, Jim, Jim but and do, Matt do know some people. I do know people. Yeah, yeah. So they can, and, and I think between our arms, we're six feet apart. So I like it. Very nice. Very nice. I like that. I like that story. Every every cocktails. Oh yeah, no, I got, got a story. I got schooled nicely in uh, in Kentucky, and this is the same guy who wanted to who brought a rifle to our college town after we broke up. But you know, <laughs> he did teach me about bourbon. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, no, from being from Kentucky, probably had the rifle anyway. Well, oh yeah, it's just you know, it's just kind of the thing they do, I guess. Now, Jason, you grew up in Kentucky, yes? 
Yes, born and raised. Yes, born and raised. How far away from Makers were you? Um, I'm about an hour from Makers Mark. I'm actually am I actually am an ambassador for life for Makers Mark. Um, Rob Samuels uh, was a guest in Dozen when I was there. I've made a lot of drinks for Rob. He, him and his wife both love old fashions in Manhattan's made with Makers Forty Six. Right. Um, yeah, uh, about an hour from Makers Mark. Uh, 20 minutes from Buffalo Trace, 20 minutes from um, Woodford Reserve, mm-hmm. uh, Four Roses is the same. Jim Beam's about an hour and 10 minutes because that's in Claremont. Right, so, right. But okay. where, where Joe Lewis Bourbon is now distilled at, where, that, that is in Kentucky or is it not? 20 miles from where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's from it's, it, The original was in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And that was actually Jim Beam distilled. I believe it burned down. I, I had to look into that because I actually called it. Around a bunch about about that, mm. but Lawrenceburg is now popular because that's where Wild Turkey is, which is, um, you know, one of my daily drinks is if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna have some, I really like, um, like the Russell Reserve Ten Year Single. Oh, nice! This is actually a barrel pick that a friend of mine did in Kentucky, but the white label, the ninety proof, for twenty five dollars is a really nice. Daily drink. Makers 46 is a great daily drink. But what I'm sipping on is actually local from Lexington, too. It's not shipped out of the state. It's called Rock Castle. I've not heard uh, of that. This is a, this is a small distillery. The, that batch right there had 750 bottles in it, I believe. Mm. Um, I think they're on, like, batch nine. But they started off making vodka, just trying to get a mash recipe. And now they have, you know... Um, some really nice bourbons going, um, but yeah, the the whole thing with with all the distilleries, man, is one of the I guess one of the best distillery tours that's there. The that distillery is not even on the bourbon trail, and that's Buffalo Trace. Mm. It's also the one that's hardest to get their products, but you know. But I, I advise everybody. You're talking about Gary. You got to see Maker's Mark. That's one of the most beautiful campus. Yeah facilities i've ever seen they 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 did that one right they've um uh that's a really beautiful really beautiful grounds they have there nice um, hey michael you're yeah i believe you're still on mute there bud yeah you muted yourself <laughs> i was just gonna say that i went to maker's mark for the first time like maybe five years ago and it was right before christmas and it was just beautiful they had you know decorated it was really like a little village Plus, the cool thing is, for major brand, I don't know if they, re- I don't know if this is really how they do it, but you know, you see the, these two women like putting the labels on. It's like they, very, you know, they, they every, one of, every one of their bottles is hand dipped. They go down the line, yeah. they hand dip them. That's, uh, I don't know if you can really see that. That's uh, me and Rob Samuels. Ah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, that's, cool. that's where you, where they let you do the dipping in the end. If you, yeah. Yeah, that one right there. That was in uh, when he was he was at our hotel um, way back when. But um, but yeah, if you go into the, yeah, there you go. They do all that by hand. So they, they that bottle comes down the line. They dip it, dip in a twist. I can't tell you how many bottles I've dipped at Maker's Mark, and every time I do it, I love it. Mm. I think I mean, it's, it's because I, I guess I kind of took it for granted growing up in Kentucky. About you know I'm I'm in Georgia now, but growing up in Kentucky, some of the things that you can do 
um, some of the things you get, I mean, people are like, hey, man, this would be great to go to distillers. Well, yeah, well, I've not been to that one, you know, at umpteen time. But they, but a lot of people haven't, and that's an experience for them. So when they would come to the hotel, when I was bartending at the hotel, they're like, oh, we're from California for the bourbon tour, you know, and, and they would see our selection of bourbon. We had, you know, 300 we had 300 plus bottles of bourbon in our, in our, you know, and I, I'd go through to try to know every one of them so I could give them something different. Mm-hmm. It's like for the experience for someone for like, from like Detroit coming down and picking out three or four distilleries to go to. I mean, that's just, it, it's worth seeing. We, we have uh, there are some friends of the man cave, uh, Jamie, you, you're, you're, you're welcome to jump in, but, uh, there's a uh, there's a group of uh, folks. It's a family-owned business in in Kentucky called the Kentucky Bourbon Boys, and I like to call them the Uber of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, <laughs> where you actually could call them and set up a, a a tour of each distillery that you want to go and visit over a weekend and a day, and they will drive you from point A to point B to point Z. And if you want to go somewhere else for lunch, they'll throw some recommendations there as well. But you know, just you know, they're they're still what opened in 2013, I believe. But you know, they're just really, really wonderful people, and they want to make sure that you have a good experience at the distilleries when you're down in Kentucky, and you don't get lost. Because Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, they you can get lost pretty easy on the back roads there, in Kentucky, right? You can. They all lead up somewhere, though. <laughs> yeah, they do, really. <laughs> but, but I guess my, the, a, a big if you're going to do a bourbon trail trip. Uh, there's a couple of things you'd want to do. One, you want to pick what airport. Are you going to fly into Louisville or are you going to fly into Lexington? And that's what they'll talk to you about. They want to understand what your plans are where because they they're in three different areas. They can tell, yeah. take you in three different areas. You yeah. fly into Lexington and you have, well, you have, a little, you have some of the small micro distilleries, but you have, you find Lexington in your tournament, you got four roses. You have, you have Woodford, you have Buffalo mm-hmm. Trace. Mm-hmm. Um, you find into Louisville, you can go to, you know, of course you'll go to, you know, um, uh, Brown Foreman. Well, Brown Foreman is also Old Forester. So you can go to Old Forester. You can see Angels Envy, which is in, in downtown Louisville. You can see um, now you have Bullet and, and, and Bullets. Bullets there as well. And then you have uh, you know all the little bitty places you can go to that that are you know. Well, there's a whole now. There's a whole craft bourbon uh, uh, tour. Like, it used to be there's a, there's a regular bourbon trail. Now there's a craft bourbon trail. Yeah, this one's on the craft. This one's actually in downtown Lexington. Uh, they actually have oh, uh, Town Branch here too, which is Alltech Distilling. Town Branch um, developed the original bourbon barrel ale, where they took the the beer and they stored it in bourbon barrels. You can actually get it here in Georgia. But Town Branch Distillery, um, when they first opened up, they they were they have three pot stills. They're killing it. And it's your own bourbon. And the guy was a like a microbiologist from UK. Mm. He came over and uh, uh, and started a you know a, a distillery. It's, it's called Town Branch. It's, it's right on the Town Branch Creek, um, which I've seen the water in Town Branch Creek. It's terrible, but the bourbon's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I think there should be. I think there's there a, a man came happy hour uh, bourbon trail field trip. Oh, we're. <laughs> I I don't see why I don't see why not. We're, I can't complain. Uh, and say as soon no. as, as how soon did Kentucky? Complain. How did Kentucky become such a center point for whiskey, make for bourbon? That how did it like? I mean, you haven't. I maybe everybody else knows. I, I know. I, 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 I know. Like, 
that Go concentrated. For it. Who wants to who wants to say? So you know why the Kentucky is also known for uh, racehorses, especially Lexington. I, I guess I didn't know that answer that either. No, I don't. Uh, well, it's the same reason because the high limestone content of the water produces grass that has a very high calcium, so the horse's bones are very strong. And high limestone content in water is is really essential to a good bourbon because it produces huh. clarity uh, in in the bourbon itself as opposed to cloudy. Oh, interesting. So, I, didn't so know, I, I didn't know that there was that plus, high of a plus the climate. Uh, you know, because back in the day there weren't any temperature controlled. Now there are temperature controlled uh, rickhouses, and so it really huh. has to do with the number of days of you know over ninety degree and the number of days of you know, below 40, but not too many below 20. Well, then, yeah, so. There's also a third reason, Michael. What's the third reason? Uh, the, I mean, whiskey comes from one place in the world, right? It's an Irish creation. Well, there happens to be a huge population of of Irish immigrants to the Kentucky area, of which my, my grandmother's family, the Mormons, were one of them. They came Mr. over in the 1690s. Mr. McGuire would know that. <laughs> so, so, McGuire, is that Irish? The word, the word bourbon itself, the way they think the origins came with the word bourbon itself, is that one of the ports, ports of out was bourbon, was bourbon County, Kentucky, Paris, Kentucky. So when they started floating stuff down, the, you know, hit the Mississippi to float down towards New Orleans, Exactly. We had barrels stamped with the port of origin, which would be ah, that's interesting. Yeah. So when it got down there, and they didn't know what the what the bur- barrels were, they would crack those barrels open, and they would see this juice in there. You know, juice. <laughs> that the product was called bourbon. Not they didn't know it was the port of origin until you know, you know, they, they started drinking it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. so. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, know that. They're like that whiskey bourbon, aging right? was discovered by accident because of that very process. Just loading up a barrels, them sitting, sifting down the Mississippi slowly along the river, and that's all that time, talk. all that like really, like all of a sudden, somebody realized, "Holy crap, this is actually good. We should keep doing this." Yeah, well, they thought it was a mistake because when they would get yeah. down, it was like this was clear juice when we put it in here. Right, and exactly. And they, they took the car of the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. So can I that's say something that's relevant to Joe Lewis Bourbon? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, because, you know, Joe Lewis Bur- I just gave a sip to somebody who doesn't like bourbon. Hey. No, so Joe Lewis Bourbon um, is, is distilled in, in Virginia, but it's southwestern Virginia. It's maybe you know, 40 miles from the Kentucky border. But when we were sourcing it, I went and pulled the U.S. Geological Survey data to see all the, the shale and the limestone mm-hmm. uh, and to, to determine that the actual water that goes into Joe Louis Bourbon has a higher uh, quotient of limestone than Lexington uh, does. So, yeah, you took it to the next level. That's, that's yeah, that's interesting too. Like, I mean, you actually went and, to and the climate climate climate. Climate. Like, I didn't realize it was that scientific. I didn't realize Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's a whole yeah. There's a whole wood science to this too, which we should do for another future episode about uh, the different chars, the difference between roasted and toasted, char one, two, three, four, five, six, because it does huh. have an effect. It's, it's science. It's not just art. It's not just playtime. Yeah. Well, a lot of the, uh, and, and of course, when they were making a lot of liquor, they would do that to keep, uh, you know, in some parts, they keep that, they, keep, they do that to keep from getting taxed on the exits. You know, excess corn. 
So they, they try to, you know, do something with it to, to, you know, and that was before they really started taxing alcohol, you know, it's like, and, and Maker's Mart, they had the old courthouse, the courthouse, like you could, you could ride up to the little, uh, this little bee shack, it looked like a guard shack, and it was the courthouse where you give your nickel or whatever, and they give you a quart of booze. So, it was like, <laughs> so say dip your nipple. I love the terminology for that. Yeah, just no, no, nickel. Listen, I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, yes. Mr. McGuire actually is on the clock here. I do got to sign off, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. All right, Tom. Bob Rody, you're my hero. Tom, appreciate you, sir. Thanks for the drinks tonight. Really I'll talk to you no, tonight. I've been the one drinking. Thank you, Tom. Great Thank job. You. All right. Sorry. Like, now we can. All right. One, 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 we'll wrap it up before we, before we wrap Jason, it up. Jason, pick up where you started with uh, dip your nipple. Go ahead and uh, finish off where you're saying <laughs> that. <laughs> I thought it was nickel, but I'm, I'm happy with that's the whole nickel. I think you said nickel as well. Jason, that's become part of my vocabulary going forward. Just let you know. That's that's something I'm going to be saying at some point in the future. Dip your no, no, you, yeah, you get your nickel. You, nickel. Oh, your nickel. I thought you said like you dip a nipple and you're like, no. you're good. Like just get a little splash or whatever. Yeah. I thought that's what you meant. No, the, uh, oh, nickel. Actually, either, either way we're in. Yeah. As I'm saying, like I, maybe that's my, I don't care whether that's what you said or not. That's my, that's the saying. I'm that's it's like, the, it's like the old one gas grass or gas nobody rides for free exactly yeah <laughs> you got a nickel a or nickel, you got a nipple get in the ring with joe with joe yeah nickel uh, or man. nipple one of the one way or another like <laughs> nickel or nipple here comes uh, a punch oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so hey, jason did you get yours yet i have not I, and and we've been here for an hour right. so right. not check the right. check the mail yet Hey Bob, you you were able UPS, to get your sample. Yes, we love you, but I tell you what, let me go. Let me go check real quick. Yeah. Well, you, right. you, I'll give you our topic, give you a topic to talk about. I will check it. All right. So, but Bob, you were you <laughs> were able to get can, your you sample. You can drink it later. And uh, <laughs> you were able to you were able to try it after forty years behind the bar. Yeah, Bob. And uh, you've you've tasted a lot of whiskeys. You've tasted a lot of bourbons. Uh, what do you get out of the profile uh, on the Joe Lewis and 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 where do you where do you put that? I like it. It's it's got a lot of heat to it. I like a ninety proof. I'm I'm with Jason. I like the high proof bourbons. Anything you know, a little bit higher proof. Um, you know, Bob. For I, me, I, when I tasted it originally, Bob. Yeah, ninety proof. I was surprised by the heat and the. It bite doesn't. That it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, but to me, it's it's so sweet. It's so smooth. Yeah. It doesn't hit you like some. I won't name another brand, but you know what I mean. It's it's like it's smooth. Mm-hmm. It hits you. It's a not. It's a TKO or or just a KO. It's <laughs> it's it's a win. It's another win. Oh, it's a matter. Okay, we have a great great post. Great post. The stats are not Facebook. in yet, uh, Joe Lewis, because okay, great great post from somebody in Detroit <laughs> um, today on Facebook says. I knocked out Joe Lewis, uh, and he's got a picture of an empty bottle. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. go. Nice. There you That's there great. Is. All right, guys. Thanks for knocking it out with us today. We really uh, appreciate it. Uh, Gary Graff, thank you so much. It's uh, Graff on Music, if people Pleasure. are looking for you on the socials, right? 
Right. On and, and yeah, Graph on Music on Twitter, Gary Graph on Music on Facebook. Okay, cool. Thank you got you, a Gary. podcast? Um, not at no podcast yet, but that'll that'll be coming. Everybody's everybody's asking. Okay. Everybody. Awesome. Everyone's Gary. <laughs> yeah, man. Everybody's talking <laughs> uh, at me. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Yeah. Charles, thanks for being with us. Uh Jason. Bob, it was a pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh we'll do it, we'll do it again, man. Gentlemen, we got some teasers for you. Oh, what do you got? I got teasers. All right. Come by next come by next Tuesday, and we'll tell you the whole story about pooping on the island. <laughs> oh, I knew that was actually the reason he wanted to come on to clear the air. I don't want to do it now. I want to next week. Let's, okay. Let's, right. let's but also, we're thing. also we're also yeah, talking I'll show about you. Oh, whatever that was. So you can't see it until next week. <laughs> All right. And I just want to thank the folks at uh, Establishment here in Atlanta because uh, they've been great. Tom and everybody's been, you know, tolerating us here. Yes. So, uh, and I'm learning, I'm learning things about how to reopen from these guys. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks for, thanks for being here. Everybody cheers. Appreciate it. Yep. Cheers. There you go. Be safe. <laughs>